Welcome to episode 24 of Make Me Watch It, the podcast where I watch movies I have never seen before that are in my collection, in one way or another, and discuss them on the podcast. This month I felt like doing something seasonal. That's one of the risks of doing a monthly podcast, is I'll kind of want to hit horror every October and Christmas movies every December, I've realized. But there weren't a whole lot of Christmas movies in my collection I hadn't gotten around to yet. But social media has been filled with ads for The Christmas Chronicles on Netflix, a brand new movie starring Kurt Russell as Santa Claus, and I did see some positive feedback about it, notably about Kurt Russell's performance as Santa from people I trust on social media, including, if memory serves correctly, Andrew Leyland of The Fantastic Cast, Listen to the Prophets, Hey Kids Comics, etc. So I figured, hey, I'll give it a shot. So it was originally released on November 22nd, 2018. It was directed by Clay Cadis. This is his second director credit. He's got a fairly lengthy list of animation department credits, including a lot of Disney animation, from additional cleanup animation and in-betweener in Pocahontas, through Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan, Fantasia 2000, Emperor's New Groove, Treasure Planet, Home on the Range, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, Bolt, Super Rhino, Tangled, Tangled Ever After, and Wreck-It Ralph, as well as Paperman and Frozen. For director credits, his first director credit was the Angry Birds movie. And now we have this. There are two credited writers. David Guggenheim is credited with the story. This is his fifth of seven writing credits on the IMDb. He previously worked on Safe House Stolen, Exit Strategy, and Designated Survivor. He is working in pre-production on Bad Boys for Life and Safe House 2. The script is credited to Matt Lieberman. It looks like the only other project he's been involved in as a, a scriptwriter that's actually been released is Dr. Doolittle, Tale to the Chief. That was a video sequel to the Dr. Doolittle movies with Eddie Murphy. And that one, he just has the story credit, and not the final screenplay credit. This is his second chronological credit as a writer. But he's also credited as doing the screenplay on The Addams Family, which is currently filming, Monster on the Hill, Playing with Fire, Scooby, Free Guy, and Short Circuit. Which have been announced, but don't necessarily have release dates attached. So how does that work out? Ultimately, not too bad. I mean, it is a Christmas movie, so it hits a lot of the stereotypical notes of the kids who meet Santa. Of course, they're siblings. The younger one's the believer. The older one is more skeptical, but, you know, deep down really thinks there's a possibility. They've got some problems that they work through in the course of it. There's really, you know, in broad strokes, not many surprises here. You know, they get tied up with Santa Claus, ending up having to help him. A lot of that stuff, you know, Christmas is in danger because he's got to get through his route for one reason or another here. He tells them he can't fly because he lost the magic hat that he had. They do actually take a couple of nice twists and turns at the end. 
so it's mostly predictable, but not entirely. But then again, when you're watching a movie where a couple of kids try filming Santa, you're going in knowing that there's certain story beats you're going to want to see. You're not going to have a Christmas movie where kids meet Santa that's you know rated PG and marketed at kids, unless it's got a happy ending, for example. So I'm not sure why they decided to do this particular one. I mean, Netflix is getting into a lot more original content, and in the wake of the cancellations of the Marvel products, it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to move more and more towards stuff that's either public domain, like their new Mowgli film I haven't checked out yet, or stuff that they just flat out own the rights to, something that is their creation, just so they don't end up with situations like you know, the very successful Marvel shows, suddenly being cancelled. So for the most part, it's pretty good. The visual effects are a little bit weak. You know, there's there's no question that you know exactly what they're trying to portray, but there's also a pretty clear line between the real footage and the CGI. The reindeer never look like actual animals versus CGI, the elves especially. They're very cartoony. They don't feel like they fit. I mean, it's because they made the elves look much more different than they usually do. It's not just small people, right? Short people or kids in costumes or anything that they've done in a lot of other movies. They did full CGI, and these elves are, you know, barely bigger than Smurfs. And they're furry and, you know, very different characters. I appreciate the fact that. They did have an elvish language. And there are some good beats. And like I heard online, Kurt Russell really makes this work. It was a bit of a push to watch the first probably 20 or 25 minutes or so before his Santa's introduced. But he does have fun. He gets a chance to do an Elvis impression once again, even if the standard post-production where they record the song in the studio and then dub it over the live action is weak enough that you know they're not singing it at that point. It even looks like Kurt Russell's not the one singing. And if he hadn't done Elvis impressions so many times before, I don't know that I would have believed it was him. But at the very least, you know he wasn't filming and singing at the same time. That's definitely lined up and it doesn't line up with the lip syncing as well as it could. Now, we do generally talk about the box office performance and the nominations and awards. Netflix doesn't release their numbers, and even if they did, the box office isn't really relevant. What they look at are how many people are watching the content, who finishes it, how many people are stopping partway through. Talking about the Marvel Netflix shows, one of the reasons the first season of Daredevil got renewed for a second season so quickly, and that got fast-tracked prior to Defenders instead of after, as was the original plan, is that they saw a massive uptick in people who subscribed the day Daredevil came out and went directly to binging Daredevil. I'm not at all bitter about that cancellation. But this did well enough, it sounds like. It's gotten a lot of notice online. They picked the right release. And they picked the right cast. It's not just Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. It's not just a bit of a cameo I'm not going to spoil with Mrs. Claus in the last couple of minutes. But when he breaks out into song in prison, 
well, Steven Van Zant and his band are the ones playing the prisoners, so it is the legitimate band. The parent, or the father, of the two kids who passed away earlier that year is actually Kurt Russell's stepson. Apparently, a lot of the names they're reading out on Santa's list are Kurt Russell's grandkids. So there's a lot involved in getting this together. It's a bit of a family effort. They pick decent casting. Well, very good casting for the adults. Child actors that are truly convincing are tough to come by. And while these ones weren't really terrible, they're also not the best child actors we've ever seen. We can't really talk about the awards it was nominated for or won because it's been out less than a month. So again, that's not really a relevant part of the conversation yet. As for messages, morals, and meanings, it's a Christmas movie. Value of family, value of positive outlook, believe in yourself, etc., etc. Again, exactly what you'd expect. So if you're thinking of checking it out, you know, if you've got kids who are interested, well, go for it. Right? It's fun enough. It's entertaining. It may be something different to watch because you can end up watching a lot of things on loop. If you're trying to watch it as an adult, well, if you're a big Kurt Russell fan, you know, you can enjoy that too. Just make sure you understand he's not going to show up for the first 20 or 25 minutes. And while there is relevant stuff that's important in those 20 to 25 minutes, it's nothing that the exposition won't remind you of before it becomes relevant later on. So ultimately, it's not a terrible Christmas movie, but it's not one that I think is going to go into my annual rotation. That's about all we have to say about the Christmas Chronicles. Join us again next month for the next episode of Make Me Watch It. Thank you for listening.